Section 11 of Dallam's Travels with an Organ to the Grand Seigneur, 1599-1600, by Thomas Dallam. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. The next morning, being the 25th, I went to the Seralia, and with me my mate Harvey, who was the engineer, Master Roland Bucket, the painter, and Michael Watson, the joiner. About an hour or two after, my lord, Ambassador Henry Lalo, was ready, and set forward towards the Seralia. He did ride like unto a king, only that he wanted a crown. There rode with him twenty-two gentlemen and merchants, all in cloth of gold. The gentlemen were these, Master Humphrey Canisby, Master Bailey of Salisbury, Master Paul Pinder, Master William Aldridge, Master Jonas Aldridge, and Master Thomas Glover. The other six were merchants. These did ride in vests of cloth of gold, made after the country fashion. There went on foot twenty-eight more in blue gowns made after the Turkish fashion, and every man a silk grosgrain cap after the Italian fashion. My livery was a fair cloak of French green, etc. Now, when I had set all my work in good order, the agemoglans which kept that house espied the grand seigneur coming upon the water in his golden caique, or boat, for he came that morning six miles by water. Where I stood, I saw when he set foot on the shore. Then the agemoglans told me that I must avoid the house, for the grand seigneur would be there presently. It was almost half a mile betwixt the water and that house, but the grand seigneur, having a desire to see his present, came thither with marvellous great speed. I and my company that was with me, being put forth, and the door locked after us, I heard another door open, and upon a sudden a wonderful noise of people. For a little space it would seem that at the grand seigneur's coming into the house, the door which I heard open did set at liberty four hundred persons, which were locked up all the time of the grand seigneur's absence and just at his coming in they were set at liberty, and at the first sight of the present, with great admiration, did make a wondering noise. The Grand Seigneur, being seated in his chair of state, commanded silence. All being quiet, and no noise at all, the present began to salute the Grand Seigneur, for when I left it, I did allow a quarter of an hour for his coming thither. First the clock struck twenty-two, then the chime of sixteen bells went off, and played a song of four parts. That being done, two personages, which stood upon two corners of the second story, holding two silver trumpets in their hands, did lift them to their heads, and sounded a tantera. Then the music went off, and the organ played a song of five parts twice over. In the top of the organ, 
being sixteen feet high did stand a holly bush full of blackbirds and thrushes which at the end of the music did sing and shake their wings diverse other motions there was which the grand signor wondered at then the grand signor asked the coppagee if it would ever do the like again he answered that it would do the like again at the next hour quoth he i will see that in the meantime the coppagee being a wise man and doubted whether i had so appointed it or no for he knew that it would go of itself but four times in twenty-four hours so he came unto me for i did stand under the house side where i might hear the organ go and he asked me if it would go again at the end of the next hour but i told him that it would not for i did think the grand signor would not have stayed so long by it but if it would please him that when the clock had struck he would touch a little pin with his finger which before i had showed him it would go at any time then he said that he would be as good as his word to the grand signor when the clock began to strike again the coppagee went and stood by it and when the clock had struck twenty-three he touched that pin and it did the like as it did before then the grand signor said it was good he sat very near unto it right before the keys where a man should play on it by hand he asked why those keys did move when the organ went and nothing did touch them he told him that by those things it might be played on at any time then the grand signor asked him if he did know any man that could play on it he said no but he that came with it could and he is here without the door fetch him hither quoth the grand signor and let me see how he doeth it then the coppagee opened that door which i went out at for i stood near unto it he came and took me by the hand smiling upon me but i bid my dragoman interpreter ask him what i should do or whither i should go he answered that it was the grand signor's pleasure that i should let him see me play on the organ so i went with him when i came within the door that which i did see was very wonderful unto me i came in directly upon the grand signor's right hand some sixteen of my paces from him but he would not turn his head to look upon me he sat in great state yet the sight of him was nothing in comparison of the train that stood behind him the sight whereof did make me almost think that i was in another world the grand signor sat still beholding the present which was before him and i stood dazzling my eyes with looking upon his people that stood behind him the which was four hundred persons in number two hundred of them were his principal pages the youngest of them sixteen years of age some twenty and some thirty they were apparelled in rich cloth of gold 
made in gowns to the mid-leg upon their heads little caps of cloth of gold and some cloth of tissue that is variegated great pieces of silk about their waists instead of girdles upon their legs cordovan buskins red their heads were all shaven saving that behind their ears did hang a lock of hair like a squirrel's tail their beards shaven all saving their upper lips those two hundred were all very proper men and christians born the third hundred were dumb men that could neither hear nor speak and they were likewise in gowns of rich cloth of gold and cordovan buskins but their caps were of violet velvet the crown of them made like a leather bottle the brims divided into five peaked corners some of them had hawks in their fists the fourth hundred were all dwarfs big-bodied men but very low of stature every dwarf did wear a scimitar by his side and they were also apparelled in gowns of cloth of gold i did most of all wonder at those dumb men for they let me understand by their perfect signs all things that they had seen the present do by its motions when i had stood almost one quarter of an hour beholding this wonderful sight i heard the grand signor speak unto the coppagee who stood near unto him then the coppagee came unto me and took my cloak from about me and lay it down upon the carpets and bid me go and play on the organ but i refused to do so because the grand signor sat so near the place where i should play that i could not come at it but i must needs turn my back towards him and touch his knee with my breeches which no man in pain of death might do saving only the coppagee so he smiled and let me stand a little then the grand signor spoke again and the coppagee with a merry countenance bid me go with a good courage and thrust me on when i came very near the grand signor i bowed my head as low as my knee not moving my cap and turned my back right towards him and touched his knee with my breeches he sat in a very rich chair of state upon his thumb a ring with a diamond in it half an inch square a fair scimitar by his side a bow and a quiver of arrows he sat so right behind me that he could not see what i did therefore he stood up and his coppagee removed his chair to one side where he might see my hands but in his rising from his chair he gave me a thrust forwards which he could not otherwise do he sat so near me but i thought he had been drawing his sword to cut off my head i stood there playing such things as i could until the clock struck and then i bowed my head as low as i could and went from him with my back towards him as i was taking of my cloak 
the kapajee came unto me and bid me stand still and let my cloak lie when i had stood a little while the kapajee bid me go and cover the keys of the organ then i went close to the grand signor again and bowed myself and then i went backwards to my cloak when the company saw me do so they seemed to be glad and laughed then i saw the grand signor put his hand behind him full of gold which the kapajee received and brought unto me forty and five pieces of gold called sequins and then was i put out again where i came in being not a little joyful of my good success being gotten out of the seraglia i made all the speed i could to that gate where the ambassador went in for he and all his company stood all these two hours expecting the grand signor's coming to another place where he should deliver his embassage and letters when i came to that great gate i saw our ambassador taking horse to be gone as i was making haste towards him he saw me and came to me asking me if the grand signor had seen the present i told him yes and that i had seen the grand signor and that i had gold out of his pocket whereat he seemed to be very glad as he was speaking unto me there came two brave turks riding to my lord bidding him take his place and stay a little then my lord bid me take my place a while for he desired to hear more of that good news so when every man had taken his place there was a great gate opened on one side of the court and suddenly there came out at that gate five hundred men on horseback whose habits were strange to us and their horses were very good likewise there came five hundred janissaries on foot every man having in his hand a great cane like unto a beetle's staff and they were also in a strange habit this thousand men did only cross the court for a show they being gone there came six brave turks well mounted to our ambassador and conducted him to the water-side when my lord was come to his own house he with the twelve gentlemen entered into his chamber and then he sent for me to tell him in what manner the grand signor had seen the present and how i came to see him when i had told them the discourse of it they were all very glad that he did so well like the present but my lord sat still a good while and said nothing until one asked him what he did study on seeing all things proved so well my lord answered him that he was sorry for one thing the which was that he never had any thought of my coming into the grand signor's presence neither that any other would make it doubtful unto him for if he had but mistrusted it never so little he would have bestowed thirty or forty lira in apparel for me 
End of section 11.